This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. All the features there are completely free. Enjoy those. They're on us. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their websites. We don't do it that way. It's free. freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight. In fact, Mark... I had uh, said on last night's show that we I wanted to talk about what you did last night, but it would have been more appropriate to discuss it tonight since Toby's joining us. Of course, uh, Toby, the host of uh, Free Minds TV, which is a television program available live here in Keene, New Hampshire, but also available online to the entire world at freekeen.com. That's right. And uh, so I thought it would be more appropriate to have the two of you discuss uh, what went on here last night, because, Mark, you went out and actually got active. Yeah. Mark, it, I think this is actually the first time you've ever held a sign No, I've held, I've held signs at protests He was before. at the IRS protest. He had his shirt thrown at him. Yeah, I did. You uh, the, were there for that. Oh, okay. it's, um, but this is the first time that I've ever gone out and done a protest on my own. Yeah, um, you, know, you weren't there. It wasn't your idea. Often I've gone out mo- mainly for protests to support Ian as opposed to, to support anything else, you know. Um, and I believe in all the causes you do. It just doesn't get me out of the house. Gotcha. Um, so something motivated you. Something did. There's an issue of eminent domain here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. It isn't the hotbed issue that uh, it was in New London. Well, but still, it's eminent domain, and it might as well be any town USA. Because this could pop up next door to you. This could pop up on your property. Right. There's a, there's an ugly little uh, intersection here in Keene, New Hampshire that... Uh, you know, has a tendency to get bottlenecked, and uh, of course, the officials have hired a, an ex- expensive civil, uh, civil engineering company to uh, tell them how to uh, best handle things. And the civil engineering company has uh, said the best way to handle it is the most expensive one possible, and that's a, a roundabout. That's right. Years later, um, it yeah, started uh, off at I think it's 14 I, years that this thing's been going on. <laughs> that's right. It, it's been quite the it's issue. Really urgent. Yeah, it's a big deal, and now it is right. <laughs> so, it started off at around. Three hundred thousand dollars, and now it's past four million. Yeah, it's so at four million. The price tag's just going up and up on this. And you know, of course, th- that's what the civil engineering company's supposed to do. They're supposed to take up the uh, the price tag. Um, but in the process of putting in the uh, w- w- the where they want to put the uh, the circle, they could put the circle in and not have to worry about any any imminent issues. But they want to put it someplace where they would have to take a piece of some guy's property. It's a funny little uh, peninsula kind of piece that no one could ever build because of easements. No one could ever build on. It's too mm-hmm. thin. Um, it just happens to kind of jut off of his property. Um, this guy's wealthy. Used to be a senator. Does not support the circle. He's not going to sell it to them because he objects to the high price tag that this has just been going up and up. Mm-hmm. And which doesn't really matter. It's his land and his right to own his land. And it doesn't matter why he doesn't want to sell it to the city of Keene. That's his right as a property owner. I don't care if he thinks that that was the uh, most recent landing of uh, the aliens. I don't care what his reason is. It's his property and taking it away is stealing. Um, it's, a, it's a chilling precedent uh, to set. That's been set, unfortunately, already over the, all over the country um, so if these bureaucrats want to take this guy's property, the fact is they will um, because they can. They've got the guns. They've got the troops, uh, and they'll do it. But as you pointed out, I think it was last night, um, Toby, that or somebody pointed out that – or I, th- I think it was Lauren Canario, actually – that the people in New London who had voted to take the property of the, the homeowners down there, many of them were not reelected. The well, next that's, time around. That's right. Lauren Canario was actually there speaking on behalf of you guys because you were here doing the show. She's from Winchester, so she wasn't supposed to speak, but 
Lauren they, is free to speak on my behalf anytime. Yeah, they let they let her speak on your behalf. She they were like, "Who are you speaking for?" She's like, "The big guy was wearing the had the big yellow sign in the back. I'm speaking on his behalf." And that was me. That's right. And she gave them a warning. She said, "Those people, those officials weren't elected again. They weren't reelected. So mm-hmm. take some heed." You know, um, I felt like this issue. You know, people fall on different sides of the uh, traffic circle. Fine, um, that's that's okay with me. What what's at issue for me is the eminent domain part. I think that uh, I, I know that there's a, a pro freedom solution to this particular problem, and it's really cheap. But you know, that's beside that's all beside the point. The fact is, I don't want to see this guy's property taken. If he does not, you know, taken, taken, but I don't want to see this property taken and then him given, be given whatever amount the city decides to give him mm-hmm. because right. they feel like it. And that's what the vast majority of people in Keene have voiced their opinion saying via letters to the editor on local radio station here in Keene. Also at the hearing last night, I'd say about 75% of the people there were against using eminent domain. That's a good sign because even if these people, these elected officials do go through with this and decide to take the property... It's obviously going to make um, that 75% contingent pretty angry. In fact, I know there have been some unscientific polls around here. I know the local radio station, WKBK, has has done an unscientific online poll. that. What was the last number they, they had, like they 80%? They finished at 91% of uh, respondents were not in favor of using them in domain. That's and, pretty significant. And the people that are in favor of it... Um, don't really care about the imminent domain issue. It, it, they just want what they want, which is the traffic the roundabout. Circle. Right. They yeah, think that's that right. that's a great idea and a great solution, and it may very well be the best solution. Weren't they, I don't wasn't know. their tactic um, the other night, last night, trying to shift uh, the the perspective of the hearings from eminent domain to whether or not there should be a roundabout, essentially trying to distract as many people as possible from the issue of stealing people's property? So I, I don't th- know The entire hearing was brought up by the mayor. He said this hearing is for the roundabout issue only, uh, for the eminent domain issue only. I know that some people might want to talk about the roundabout and bring it up, but they shouldn't. This is about taking someone's land. It's very important. Um, and that needs to be talked about. And so there weren't supposed to be this distracting feature of the roundabout, but that's what the people who were objecting, who wanted to use eminent domain, were talking about, is how important it is to have the, this roundabout. Right, because the, to them, the methods are nothing. It's no big deal to them. It's not their property. And they would claim, of course, that if it was their property, they'd be happy to give it up. So them, what? The methods, that's no fine. But for them, the method is no big deal. It's the end that uh, justifies the means. They must have this beautiful um, piece of uh, asphalt. <laughs> now um, they'll do whatever it takes. This, this, uh, my solution probably applies to every town in America. Um, there's got to be a uh, an ugly intersection or an intersection where you have to wait too long. And you know, when I was a kid, there was a lot more of the being able to turn left across, um, you know, at a green light than there is now. Now they have all these red. Um, left-hand turn signals. Uh, do you know hmm. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, where you're forced to stop you, you and not to, turn left. You have to wait. The, the cars oncoming and, and next to you can go um, back and forth, but nobody can turn left until mm-hmm. the light says that it's the proper time to turn left and all traffic is right. stopped except for the um, two left-hand turning you know, people um, going opposite directions. Well, people can't think for themselves anymore, Mark. Apparently, yeah. that's what it is. I mean, suddenly, you, you, know, uh, you know, I guess there were so many accidents around the world. No, you know what? There weren't accidents. It's just that people in government want to take authority and they want to take money. They never want to give authority or give money. I don't know, Mark. I remember down where we come from, uh, there was a story about an old lady who was getting ready to turn left at an intersection mm-hmm. up on uh, University Parkway in uh, Bradenton, Florida. There uh, was an old lady who was getting ready to turn left, 
And she had a green light. It was one of those situations where it was a green light. You can use your own discretion and okay. turn. And she got, I think, broadsided by a, a truck, uh-huh. some sort of a truck, and killed. Um, and so it was after that that they installed one of those red uh, red light things that you're des- describing, the red turn arrows. And so there's one example of somebody who died uh, as a result discretion of... Discretion can be a dangerous thing, I'll tell you that. But um, another thing that you're talking about is uh, uh, University Parkway is a 55-mile-an-hour zone. Mm-hmm. We're um, talking 25 miles an yeah, hour Yeah, this is Keene. Main Street, Keene, New Hampshire. No cars. If, if a car is going 35 miles an hour, it is careening down Main Street. As far as I'm concerned, if you... Um, you I'm know, not comfortable going 35 miles an hour down that street. I, I was just bringing it up as an example of one person who did that, but as far as I'm concerned, the old lady deserved it, because she made a mistake, and uh, see you later. Sorry. That's what happens. Be more careful when you're turning left in front of semi-trucks. Deserved is a tough uh, term in that particular instance, but if you make a mistake and take a a swig of uh, liquid Drano instead of a swig of water, you're going to die. Yeah, but you deserve. Deserve is tough in that circumstance, but sometimes people make mistakes, and because of those mistakes, sometimes they die. Well, the rest of us who can, who are capable, um, you know, the 99% of drivers who are capable of making these decisions on their own, especially in a slower speed uh, situation, mm-hmm. should be able to, to use that discretion and make, m- make those moves. I just feel like I'm treated like such a nincompoop by um, you know, the, the city people, whoever mm-hmm. um, does these lights, by not being allowed to turn left. It's clear, people. Nobody can go. Here, I'm sitting here just waiting for the light to change. Why am I well, doing that? I say go. Um, just go anyway. <laughs> then you're going to get a ticket. <laughs> Make your own way. And there are cops. This town craw- is crawling with law enforcement well, officers. That's what we need to do. We need to get some people elected and uh, change things. And that's actually what we're trying to do here. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. On the way, some good news about the separation of school and state. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. Get signed up for the updates at updates.freetalklive.com. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. In fact, I sent out an update earlier today because I put online another auction for the Free Talk Live second banner on our website. You get the second banner on the site for an entire month, and it appears on virtually the entire Free Talk Live site, and you get it for, well, whatever the auction goes for. Last time it went for 81 bucks. It's gone as high as 150 I think it's gone as low as, as 50 Hopefully it won't stay low and will keep going higher, but nonetheless, it's up to you. Auction.freetalklive.com gets you there to place your bid. That's auction.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. You know, I think we're sort of um, making this theme on the show of talking about sort of local issues here to Keene, New Hampshire, on Tuesdays when we have Toby in the studio. And I, I don't want it to really be too exclusive, so I want to make sure we can you know tie it back in, like we do with em- eminent domain. Uh, to the rest of the world, or at least the rest of the country. Well, everybody has this isn't a local show. issues with um, their local government. Right. And obviously, I can only talk about the issues that I have some kind of knowledge about. And sometimes we talk about issues in localities that aren't here. We read them in news stories. But, um, yes. you know, when, when we have experiences, we often address them on the show. This well, could also be going on anywhere in America. It could. 
Um, however, there are, certain, there are certain things that are going on here in Keene, New Hampshire, that deserve to be talked about on this particular platform. Well, because we're involved in it. All of us are involved in an, an activism movement called the Free State Project, and it is your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. So we're all involved in the Free State Project, and we're getting active here in Keene in order to try to, to draw more people to the Keene area. In fact, I know, Toby, you just launched a, uh, a MySpace profile for your television show, and one of the purposes of that is to, once again, sort of reach out as far as and as wide as possible to get as many people viewing Free Minds TV to say, wow, there is a television show about liberty somewhere in America. Well, this is somewhere I would like to be. Yeah, we want to show people what's going on here, what we're doing, because we're doing a lot here, and it really just showing people the world what our videos are doing and what we're doing with Cheshire TV and what's going on with the Keen Free Press and everything. This is the hub for liberty as I see it. That's sort of what I would like this to be as well. And so the more excitement we can generate about what's happening here in Keen, why what's uh, why Keen is so different from the rest of the country, uh, the better. The more people we can we can draw here as a result of it. And I think it's uh, it's very exciting what's going on. And I think that you guys really deserve a lot of credit on Free Minds TV. Because I remember in the beginning, now I don't know if you were around for a lot of this, Mark, but just to go back to the, to the beginning, I think it was in September of last year when the first, uh, the first taping of Free Minds TV happened. Right. And so this is six months ago. And I showed up for sort of this beta test taping and you know, kind of uh, held their hands through it a little <laughs> bit. That, that episode never aired. It, it actually got lost, apparently, much to my chagrin, because I'd, I'd, I'd never really done television before either. I was pretty much winging it. Well, the funny, the funny thing about uh, you when you're in the production role is you just pretend like you know what's going on, and things t- uh, work out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know that uh, you'll, get in, you'll get in there, and you'll make sure that things happen, and uh, that is... 75% of it. Well, the interesting part was, in the very beginning, the show was being taped, and getting you guys to show up was, was an issue back then. Well, right. you know, they're college kids. Well, they're co- and that's sort of what I wrote it off. I was like, all right, you know, I don't, I'm don't not really expecting too much out of this whole TV thing. They're probably going to show up, and then next week they'll be sick. And indeed, one guy was sick, and then we, we called Mark in. Yep. And we, you know, we, did, we filled in as, as was necessary. The first few weeks, I think we exchanged hosts about four or five times. Six right. times. <laughs> but you guys have really picked up the ball and run with it over the past few um, episodes. Uh, you guys have switched from a pre-recorded show to a live. You were a pre-recorded half-hour show and then, on, then changed to a live one-hour show, taking call-ins now. And when you're live, you've got to be there every single time yep. to do that show. And they are. Um, they're turning out every single time, and they've got guests on the program. Yeah, Russell we're actually Canning having a problem. We're too booked for guests. We're back for, booked for the next few weeks, and we want to have people on, and I think that's a good problem to have. It certainly is. They're really talking about local issues as well as some more national issues, but it really helps the public in Keene to be swayed. I mean, we were given credit by a few different people for swaying the vote here in Keene to hold back on the uh, school budget um, that was 
extremely high. Now, um, who gave you credit for that? Because I'm curious. Rob McLaughlin. He was one of the main opposers to the budget. He was the one who put up signs all over Keene, invested a lot of his own money. And he wrote us several emails and gave us phone calls saying that if it wasn't for us, there's a good chance it would have swayed the other way. I think that um, shows like yours, and we also have, of course, Eric Scott, who's a libertarian. Um, he's been on this show a couple of times. He's on in the afternoon drive shift of the local talk radio station here, the Keene Free Press, an entire newspaper devoted to liberty. Uh, we've got Freeman, who writes for the Keene Sentinel. He's a liberty-oriented guy at the major newspaper in town. Then, of course, there's Free Talk Live. I mean, these are just the media efforts that we know about now that have uh, developed over the last six months to, t- to a year here mm-hmm. in Keene. It's just incredible what's happening. And so that's and I to just want to make it clear that this is really unusual. Maybe this maybe the steps aren't being media. taken. Maybe the steps aren't being taken all over New Hampshire, the same as they are in, in Keene. Mm-hmm. But there are steps all over New Hampshire. There's you know free state project members all over New Hampshire. Sure there are, and, and they're, they're all doing different working things. to make New Hampshire free. But and I think that it's aggregating. I think that it's already started to aggregate, and that's why you've gotten some credit uh, for for the television show by this guy that was sort of on the inside of the election, doing a lot of election activism. Because I think what you're doing by being visible by being that dissenting voice remember we've talked about this recently on the show mm-hmm. that um that the people need somebody to step out and lead the parade the people need somebody to look to to say yeah yeah that guy's right it's hey, like, i agree with you i want to do what you say it's like the little kid who said uh, he hasn't got any clothes on the emperor's not wearing any clothes and then suddenly everybody yeah. says yeah he's not wearing any clothes right and that's what the, that's what's needed is somebody the little boy needs to step up and that's what's happening here i i have to disagree i don't think it was free minds tv i was thinking it was free talk live that threw the election but <laughs> yeah, but, but we're not as we're not as widely distributed here in Keene. we're uh, we're doing the show from Keene, but we're not on the air uh as i i, there, we, I would bet you um at, there's Absolutely, no bet you not that Free Minds TV has more viewers than Free Talk Live has listeners I've within all this about it. city. Yep. Um, so you guys are having a real effect, and it's just—I think it's just now starting to resonate out there that people are are starting to talk. The people that come across your show, I can't even imagine um, what they're thinking. I'm guessing a lot of them probably think similarly uh, similarly to people who come across Free Talk Live for the first time and think, "Oh my gosh, there's somebody with a similar mindset as me, and they're in the media." Yep, and I've also got people saying, I don't really agree with everything, but you say stuff that makes me keep on watching, which is great. That's right. What, that's how it happened to me when I first heard Free Talk Live. I had never heard this message before, and so you guys passed it on to me, and now I'm trying to pass it on to someone else, and you never know who's going to hit the next person to be the next huge activist. See? Free You're Talk right. Live, responsible for the t- the, the, the t- broding down of all the education dollars here, because we got Toby into it, the it is, it is true. Toby did uh, find his own way, but he certainly, Free Talk Live was a, uh, a key critical component. And it's, it's a message that grows on people. So the people that are saying now they don't agree with everything that you say, they'll start putting, you know, connecting the dots over time. They'll keep watching, and then they'll figure out how all this interacts and works together. And so it's very exciting what's going on here. 800-259-9231. We really are winning the hearts and minds of America one by one. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. 
including archives and entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website for your downloading convenience. You just go and get them. They're free. Freetalklive.com. Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach your kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com, 1-800-657-5066. That's right, 800-259-9231, our toll-free number, sort of talking about all of the exciting things that are going on right here uh, in Keene, New Hampshire, where we produce this show from. So much more activism has happened in this little, um, you know, hamlet almost of 25,000. It's a small city. Um, So much more has gone on here in six months than has gone on in eight years of activism back where I come from in Sarasota. I mean, this, it's just an incredible place to be, to watch as these uh, media outlets grow and how we all help each other, all of the different uh, pro-liberty media sort of working hand-in-hand to, uh, to pass readers to, uh, to the radio and move radio listeners to the television. I know that you um, and Eric Scott are going to be getting together, Toby, and doing a little bit of cross-promotion yep. soon. We're trying to get you guys on, but you're doing a radio show while our show's live, so we might have to do some kind of a pre-recorded interview. But That, that would work, or have Eric come on or something like that. I mean, we're, you had Russell Canning on, who, of course, is, is one of the, the premier activists here in the area, um, known for made a, made a name for himself last year by getting arrested, attempting to go and put a, a, a hand a flyer to an IRS agent. Unlike Dave Ridley, who actually made it into the office because he didn't announce his intentions in advance, they were there waiting for him with three police officers, and you guys had the video footage on last week's Free Minds TV, it's it's you actually scooped everybody with that video footage. Nobody had ever seen that video footage before, and that's online now at freekeen.com. And of course, freekeen.com is sort of the entity that I created uh, to once again help bring everybody together, help bring all these pro-liberty people all to the same place together, where they can get their message out and talk about solutions to government problems, market-based, volu- uh, volunteer-based solutions to existing government problems, and we're starting to see that people are, are, are going to that blog, um, they're reading it, and uh, over time, that's, it's once again, it's going to grow on them. The message of freedom is going to grow, and so what I actually did today, I spent a little bit of time um, it, earlier in the day creating some options for people to support Free Keen, because there are a lot of people who you've gotten postcards and that sort of thing from people that have said, Toby, we like what you're doing, but we're too afraid to actually step out and and take a position ourselves. We're afraid to take a position publicly for what people might think or our business might take a hit or whatever their reason is for for being afraid. But there is a significant uh, portion of the public that is deathly afraid of activism. They're deathly afraid mm-hmm. of the consequences that could come from saying, hey, I'm not so, so sure about this whole eminent domain thing, or I'm not so sure about this government project. And so I want to give people an, a, the ability to get behind us beyond just showing up at the polls, because they can do that and still feel relatively safe anonymously. But I, I created essentially um, what is, amounts to the AMP program for Free Keen. Excellent. Um, where people can go, and they, right now we can't take credit cards directly, but we can. it's just through PayPal at this point. Uh, but So people can go in and contribute on a monthly basis, 3 5 10 or $25 a month, to freekeen.com. Because we've got a lot of things we'd like to do um, that 
Well, they're going to cost money. We're going to be running an election here. There's going to be at least six candidates coming up uh, at the end of this year, towards the end of this year, in in a local election that we're going to be running, all pro liberty candidates, and that's going to take that's going to take some money for outreach materials. Uh, also, um, one of our people has suggested doing a Operation Politically Homeless booth. I immediately thought county fair. Um, so you know these things cost money. Getting the booth is going to cost money, which we just don't have money for. So right. this is going to be one way for people to, just like with Free Talk Live's AMP, you don't even have to be here in Keene to support this movement. If you like what we're doing here in Keene, you like the excitement that we're generating, you like how things are uh, – there's, there's never been, in my, to my knowledge, in the history of the pro-freedom movement, this much pro-liberty media, this much activism going on in one place. I've lived here for 23 years, and in the past six months, I've seen more activism than my entire life. You know, and activism sort of synergistic. Um, if you go out and hold a sign at the the post office that says, uh, honk if you don't like taxes, it does... Been a there, s- done that. Yeah, I know you have, and I've seen the, news- I've seen the newspaper clipping. <laughs> it was up in our office, and people yeah. used to poke fun, of, fun <laughs> at you for it. And the reason that they're poking fun of, um, at you for it is because, you know, one guy... Goes alone? Yeah, one guy goes <laughs> alone. It's just, a little, it's just a little something. I'm not saying it's useless. It's just really close to useless. Yeah. But the believe more, me, I felt that way. I know, I know, I know it's hard, man, but you believe strongly in something and you want to do something about it. Well, and that's, this is the advice I'm giving right now, activism synergistic. If a hundred people go out and hold signs against, you know, honk if you don't like taxes. That's a movement. A lot more happening. And then something else happens later on in the week and then something else happens next week. There's, um, these things compound on each other and stuff gets done. So... It makes a lot more sense for activists to be collected in one place, and it seems like that place is going to be Keene, New Hampshire. That's my plan, at least. And so if you're getting excited about what we're talking about, but you can't cut all your strings right now, you can't move the family up here to Keene and get active yourself, but you still want to see us do the activism for you and, and watch and enjoy as, as we set um, one place in America as free as we possibly can – then your contributions could really help set this movement on fire. Um, and you can contribute by going to freekeen.com, uh, click the contribute link, or just go to contribute.freekeen.com. That's available to you right now. And I just to show that I'm serious, I'm throwing in the first $10 a month uh, subscription. So that's uh, you know somebody has to sort of lead the way. Mm-hmm. And it, it actually, I haven't made this public until now, and I haven't even announced it at freekeen.com, because what I want to do is gather together at least a, a handful of contributors to sort of populate the list of contributors. That way people see, oh, yeah, some other people here. Okay, I'll sign up for this. This is a movement, yeah. yeah. We are laying down the groundwork, or the foundation for liberty lovers to come here. I, I don't see why, I mean, looking on the outside, when I was down in Florida trying to decide where to move, I thought of uh, Keene was one of the, the options on my, my high list, obviously looking at the other sort of developed areas of the state like Nashua and uh, Manchester as well as Concord. And Keene, even though it's the smaller of the cities, was easily my choice because of the super activists that were already here. Russell Canning and his Keene Free Press was already in print mm-hmm. when I decided to move to Keene. That was a major uh, factor. I'd never heard of a pro-liberty newspaper before, and I thought, gosh, this must have a huge effect. Um, Julio, at her job, which interacts with the public every day, she's got a stack of those Keene Free Presses, and she just watches as people pick them up and walk out the door with them. I mean, people all over the place are, are picking up this message, and they have to be internalizing it. 
Well, you know, it 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 does the message. Any message is going to grow on you. It's uh, it's like brainwashing. It's how brainwashing works. Frequency. It's how advertising works. Frequency. Every time you hear, how frequently you hear a message, um, right. is it, it it affects how people think. Yep. And we're going to shift that frequency into popularity. And that popularity is going to be, you know, it's going to be a bandwagon approach where everybody's going to be getting on board and people are just going to say, well, I'm just going to follow these. You know, the followers eventually will come on board with our movement. Yeah. And once we start making changes, people are going to say that it works. Um, freedom is good. Low taxes are good. When I get to choose where my money goes voluntarily, things work out better. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody uh, campaigning for, for office after we've managed to cut taxes by 50 percent saying we need to bring taxes back to Keith? <laughs> That's tough. Let's go to the phones. Eric in Texas, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Eric in Texas. Hello? Eric going once. Eric in Texas going twice. And I don't know if he's... He's gone. All right. 1-800-259-9231. Well, there's actually a little bit of good news out of Boston. Believe it or not, we've talked about Boston enough in the past recently. Uh, It's just one of the most absurd cities with, of course, their crazy responses to the light bright boards and just blowing things up because they like to. But there's a little bit of good news, uh, and it actually is coming out of the, Bo- the Boston Globe. It's about school and state and separating the two. Maybe, maybe some of these pro-freedom ideas are catching on. We'll talk about it. Your calls as well. About whatever you want to talk about. 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line, and this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. Just uh, head on over there and enjoy them on us. So we do ask you to voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. You go to amp.freetalklive.com for as little as 3 bucks a month, the price of a cup of coffee. You can be supporting Free Talk Live. Now, again, it's above and beyond everything on the website. I mean, we give all the features away. So if you like what we're doing and want to help support us, go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. We take in your 3 bucks and $3 or so from everybody else, total it all up, and turn it around in immediately into advertising Free Talk Live, getting the show on as many radio stations as possible, as many Internet listeners as possible. In fact, uh, I just confirmed today that we are now on the Receiva Internet service. What's that mean? Well, it's sort of like the wave of the future for, for radio listening. And it's something that radio stations are rightfully a little bit scared of, but, you know, we're sort of this breaking, cutting-edge uh, radio show, so we've got to be on the cutting edge as much as possible. Essentially, there are these devices that are being um, sold now, and you can order them through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. They are Wi-Fi radios. Right. The, the, the Internet radios. Yes. Uh, there's no computer. You don't have to hook them up to a computer. They Although are they, essentially... They are a computer, though, there right? There's a very small computer running some version of Linux in there, and uh, it, you don't know it. It's completely transparent. What you do is you just scroll through 5,000 or 10,000 different radio stations from around the world, and I believe you can browse by genre and different different sort of uh, ways to sort the list, but you can now tune in Free Talk Live and all the other shows that, uh, that appear on our live stream on this internet radio system. So any Receiva-based internet radio, so what, the way it works is neat. 
there's this company called Receiva, mm-hmm. and they sort of uh, collect all of the information for all of the different radio streams. And there's radio station streams on there as well. So if you're from somewhere and your favorite radio station streams online, you could pick that up on this radio. I mean, there uh, there are stations and streams from so all you can, around the world. You can hear K Rock out of uh, New um, out of New York, sure. or you can hear 98 Rock out of uh, Tampa. Uh, Tampa, exactly. Um, so, so there are streams from all over the place, and it's a cool little feature because if, if for some reason your stream isn't listed in their 5,000-plus streams, you can go in and plug in your own stream into mm. their system, and it'll, it'll appear for everybody to use. And the cool thing is this Receiva company is the base-level sort of platform that manufacturers are building their sets off of. So there are competing manufacturers building Receiva-based um, platform, listening platforms. Do you see what I do? You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? There are different companies building radios that will interact with this one website that's sort of aggregating all of this internet streaming content. If a stream drops off and dies, they eliminate it from their their database. And um, in fact, they can also do listen. What they call listen again. So I create a little um, file every night that includes a sort of like a different version of our podcast, mm-hmm. but it's just for the receiver people that um, essentially. Uh, if you don't want to listen to the live stream or we're not streaming at that time, it gives you you know five different options or the six different options from the last six shows. You can just directly stream an MP3 off of the internet. Does hmm. this have a little screen where you can see what you do? You type it mm-hmm. in or something? I I don't see it. I didn't see a keypad on the unit that I was looking at. But there are enough navigational sort of controls there that you'd be able to do all these things. That I sounds awesome. I haven't actually reviewed it in person, but uh, there are different units, different radios. So we're available now on uh, on this Receiva service. I've got to get me one of those. Pretty cool stuff. Um, anyway, so I was talking about AMP. Again, this is just another way that we're getting the uh, getting the show out there. If you want to support Free Talk Live, definitely go to amp.freetalklive.com. So does it cost us money to be on the Receiva service? No, it doesn't. Okay. Just... No, because you can just go in and add your favorite stream. So if your stream's not listed, they'll take it. They they want to have as many streams as they can so they can brag. Right. Oh, you can tune over 10,000. Yeah, exactly. So the Boston Globe separating school and state. I, I'm shocked that this appeared in the Boston Globe, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised because Jeff, uh, let's see, Jeff Jacoby, Jacoby, he's the award-winning political columnist for the Boston Globe. I believe he's a self-proclaimed libertarian. He wrote uh, several years ago about how global warming isn't quite what it seems to be. Anyway... Uh, the Advocates for Self-Government pointing out that in a recent edition of J- uh, Jeff Jacoby's column, he addresses the separation of school and state issue. After discussing a current court case concerning the rights of parents to have a say in government school curriculum, Jacoby cut to the heart of the matter. Quote, On any number of fundamental issues, parents today are sharply divided, and there's no way a government-run, one-curriculum-fits-all education system can satisfy all sides. Sounds like he's been listening to Free Talk Live. The only way to end the political battles over schooling is to depoliticize the schools, and the only way to do that is to separate school and state. Parents, with him. Parents should have the same freedom in educating their kids they have in clothing, housing, and feeding them. You wouldn't let the government decide what time your kids should go to bed or which doctor should treat their chicken pox or how they should spend their summer vacation or which religion they should be instructed in. Although there are some parents that would do those sorts of things. Oh, if the government came came out and said it, they would darn sure just fall right in line. On matters serious and not so serious, parents are entrusted with their children's well-being. Why should schooling be an exception? Get government out of the business of running schools and a range of alternatives will, uh, will emerge Freedom, innovation, and competition will do for education what they do for so much else in American life. 
increase choices, lower costs, improve performance, and eliminate conflict. So long as education is controlled by the state, the battles and bad blood will continue. With more liberty will come more tolerance and more resources spent on learning than litigation. Libertarians should cheer and take hope, said the advocates. This is yet more proof that even the boldest libertarian ideas are rapidly winning more and more supporters, a sign that the future for liberty is bright indeed. And, of course, we actually had the people from the separation for school and state on, uh, or one of the guys from uh, from the separation for school and state on the show recently when mm-hmm. we were at the Liberty Forum. Uh, it's a, it's a, from, from what I can tell, a very good principled organization that's espousing these very ideas. In fact, Je- uh, Jeff J- uh, Jacoby titled his column "Separate School and State." Um, I mean, that's that's a pretty firm stance that he was taking there in the Boston Globe. Yeah, it is surprising. A lot of people say when you you're doing that, you're you're you don't care about the children. And it's just simply not true. Isn't it amazing? Like, for some reason, you just want to take the government out of the equation, so you all of a sudden you're heartless? You know, um, the uh, I was uh, seeing some statistics uh, today that said that uh, one out of every five American is functionally illiterate. One out of three in Washington, yeah, D.C. I saw that. Uh, I saw that, but that doesn't really uh, speak to what I'm saying. One out of every five people that... Um, Americans is functionally illiterate. Now that means what they good can't, is this education system that we got going? I that mean, means they can't read a map and they can't find the bus stop that's and correct. fill out an application. I believe. Now I don't blame them to an extent because when I was in New Orleans um, a few years back, I had trouble with the bus maps there. <laughs> the so bus maps are a little confusing. That, but that can be a, a combination between government buses and and illiteracy. But yes, you're right about that. They do. Um, that is one of the things they judge by. But what I'm saying is, what what's worth saving here? If the concern is that, um, you know, whoa, whoa, we can't get rid of public schools. What would happen to the poor people? Some parents would decide to keep their kids home. Well. So what? They send them to school and they don't learn enough to to be able to read anyway. Or they send them to school and they cause trouble. They're a distraction to the other kids and the other kids don't learn. Or they send them to school and not only do they cause trouble in the classroom, but they might also be a bully or something like that. And then once once they get in trouble for being a bully, they they aren't actually ejected from the school. They're just given a little slap on the hand and they're sent right back out into the population. To bully the rest of them. And notice how I say population, sort of like jail. <laughs> I, I did notice that. Because I think there are, are a lot of similarities between government schools and jails. In fact, um, you know, it's gotten to the point where parents have become sort of used to the idea that, well, you pop out a kid and you send it off to government school and they'll babysit it for an entire mm-hmm. day. I mean, it's really turned into a glorified babysitting service, hasn't it? And, and a poor one at that. Right. Um, it's really just sad. And we're, we're paying way too much. Uh, the average cost, I believe, throughout the country for government, edu- uh, government educating per pupil is between 7000 and $10,000 per pupil, whereas the average cost on a private basis is around $3,500 to $5,000. So, yeah. Half. Half oh, the cost. What's the explanation for that? Better results. Obviously, and anybody who has a kid, you ask them generally, um, anybody might be an exaggeration, but darn close to anybody you ask that has a kid, would you, if cost wasn't an issue, would you prefer to send your child to a public or a private school? Mm. One thing, I, John Stossel's Stupid in America really solidified this for me because it was an issue that I, one of the things when I first heard about libertarianism that scared me, I'm like, but what about the schools? We can't, we mm-hmm. we need schools. And I, I listened to you guys talk about it and I watched his special and it really solidified it to me of, privatization works that's what creates the competition and if you care about kids that's what you'll do 
I love the quote from that Stossel special by that uh, that commie union member who said that, oh, competition isn't for education or competition isn't for kids or something like that to suggest that competition right, is bad or would hurt kids or something absurd like that. 800-259-9231. On the way, Toby's got an update on the biggest meth raid of all time. Is the war on drugs over? We'll find out in hour number two. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Launching into hour number two, you can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And of course you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Enjoy those. freetalklive.com. To the phones immediately. We go to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hey, Bill. Hi, guys. How you all doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, um, I just uh, did uh, some research on uh, your website. I talked about the royalties being challenged. I'm assuming that meant uh, the royalties for what uh, the RIAA wanted uh, to charge uh, people for streaming uh, content on the Internet. That's correct. Streaming royalties. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, here's the one that people may not be aware of. Um, it might be a snow job. Uh, that uh, this is going on because now they're trying to squeeze in the Perform Act, which is just as, as heinous as a what? the, the they're royalties. They're uh, squeezing in a what? Uh, Perform the Perform it? Act. It's the Platform Equality and Remedies for Rights Holders uh, Music Act of 2007. And what is this? It's a Perform Act. It's uh, Diane Feinstein out of California proposed a law that basically. Uh, uh, does in sense what uh, the RIAA is doing with the copyright board, going in, hiking the fees, uh, making uh, podcasts where uh, DRM has to be implemented. Uh, that would affect uh, uh, um, your show, Free Talk Live. Uh, instead, I don't think it would they, affect us. We don't play music. Uh, <laughs> it would affect all podcasts. How is this now? And we don't know. It's a piece of legislation that's being. Uh, being uh, tossed around in Congress. But how, right. how is it going to affect Free Talk Live? Because uh, Free Talk Live, I guess, uh, for the listeners that don't know, Free Talk Live does offer a podcast for the uh, the previous episodes of uh, the te- uh, their televised... That's uh, correct. Uh, with the right. radio show. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this piece of legislation, basically what they're saying is, because it's a podcast, regardless of whether or not it has any copyrighted material in it or not, it still needs to be DRM'd. Oh, well, what they is, can go flip off because they're not going to do anything. They what say. does DRM'd mean? Uh, digital, digital rights, rights management. management. It's basically uh, it's a security um, implementation. Uh, for a more uh, technical term, it's encryption for uh, audio and video. Uh, they think, in their, if it was them over in Congress, that... Uh, this encryption technique isn't going to be able to be bypassed, therefore piracy couldn't couldn't take place. Sure, oh yeah, it's foolproof, definitely going to be foolproof. No, those hackers and crackers haven't figured out how to strip out the DRM technology from uh, songs and videos. They it'll, haven't figured that out yet. It'll be cracked before they even release it. I believe they've already really, uh, cracked DRM. Oh yes, yes, it's, it's public knowledge that it's not worth the source code that it's being implemented on. But what I find kind of ironic 
aside from the DRM issue, is the fact that they're trying to bolster the rates up again. It's like if this one doesn't work, that that the RIAA has just uh, got a recent, I guess, uh, improvement on through the copyright uh, office, Uh, once this uh, law becomes in effect, they're going to hike the rates anyway. Mm. Yes, more laws, that'll solve the problem. That apparently is the idea. Uh, when it comes to to Congress, so you're saying that there's now another package of rules and regulations that are are they're preparing to vote on in 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 D.C. Yes, sir, that is correct. And what I would like to do is uh, plead to all the listeners to contact their congressmen and women and tell them that this is a bogus law, that we don't need to be penalized for you know trying to enjoy what we want to do uh, and and embrace new technology. You know, there's what they don't seem to understand is digital music. It's going to be the wave of the future, and there's going to be a whole new business model based on it, yeah. and they're just killing it before it even gets off the ground. They're trying to, but I don't they, think they they'll be successful. They won't kill this one. No, they're not. No, they, I'm afraid they won't. It's just the Internet's too big, it's too unregulated, and there's too much information flowing back and forth. They won't kill it. They might give it a problem, but uh, you know, not, not going to stop Plus, it. there are enough people, and thank you for the call, Bill. Appreciate it. There are enough people like me who just don't care what they say yeah. on and, the Internet. Uh, people will just do it anyway. So. Exactly. You want me to DRM encrypt my show? I don't even know how to begin to do that. Uh, if you don't know how, not interested in learning. Exactly right. Uh, my show works just fine how it is, and I don't plan on changing for some bureaucrat in Washington, Your D. little C. laws are great and everything, but I'm just not interested. You and your little laws, they're so cute. Precisely right. 800-259-9231 to the meth raid, the largest cash bust of all time. Toby, you have the scoop. What's, what's going on? Let's write this from the Los, Los Angeles Times, Mexico City. Authorities confiscated more than $200 million in U.S. currency for methamphetamine producers in one of the city's ritziest neighborhoods, they said Friday, calling it the largest drug cash seizure in history. I saw a picture of this. Uh, it was an entire cash room. Bought a lot of cash. It was an entire room full of just stacks and stacks of $100 bills. I thought they had broken into my basement, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they say that uh, the stack in $100 bills weighed 4,500 pounds. So wow. This is wow. a large stack of $100 bills. I hope they had a reinforced floor for that. Good Lord. The seizure reflected the vast scope of illegal drug trade linking Asia, Mexico, and the United States, officials said. Um, the group was part of the larger drug trafficking organization that imports precursor chemicals from companies in India and China for uh Producing into methamphetamines in Mexican super labs. Whoa, hold on a second here. Toby, you're telling me that the uh, the serious meth producers aren't actually going to Walmart and buying Sudafed? I know. It's amazing. I went to get some Sudafed last week. I had a bit of a sinus cold, and I had to go, and they wanted me to sign a piece of paper and put my driver's license number just to get it. I didn't get it because I don't want to get, I don't feel comfortable giving that information, but mm. apparently I could have gone home and boiled up some meth. But yeah, just that easy. You mean they're not doing that same thing? Well, apparently, according to this article, the trafficking is happening as a result of <laughs> us cracking down. Mexican drug trafficking, uh, trafficking oh, I organizations. Oh, I get it. All the, uh, all the meth previously, now that they have this, these new Sudafed rules in place, all the meth previously was being produced here in the United States by uh, you know, sick rednecks in uh, mobile homes out in uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. But now that they have this rule in place, the, it's, all um, shifted. it's all being uh, produced in Mexico. They have to bring the it in. a load of crap. That's, that's exactly what the article what says. Kind of boob do you have to be to believe that crap? I don't know. Do, does anybody really believe that? Um, I, I would say that some people probably believe it because they, they aren't paying attention. 
Yeah, they just don't understand how the black market works. And and I've been talking about this uh, ever since the meth issue, uh, the meth issue came up. The serious meth producers out there are not playing around with trying to separate out uh, chemicals from Sudafed because when you get Sudafed, you it's a finished product. You've got to break it down to its elements. You got to get those, that ugly little uh, red coating off. You got to get the coating off. You got to get the, whatever the filler is out of there. Uh, you've got to get you've got to boil it down and boil out somehow. And I don't know. There's some sort of chemical extraction process involving solvents and that sort of thing. They're very explosive, very yeah. dangerous. One in six meth labs blows up. I believe it. Uh, anyway, you, you've got to extract. That's drive the price up. <laughs> you've got to extract the pseudoephedrine out of there, and this is a timely, expensive, annoying, and dangerous process. And you're not going to make two hundred six million dollars off no. opening packages of pseudoephed you got from Walmart. Yeah, exactly. So the pro- the professionals in the meth trade are doing what this article suggested in the beginning, and that is they con- uh, contract with people to provide them the base level chemical supply that they need to create the stuff from scratch. That's right. It's no coming Sudafed. In. Here, it's coming in from all over the world. These people are producing it in other countries. Then they well, ship it the to money. Mexico. This was probably... Uh, a portion of the money that they were dealing with. This, this is just a billion. Oh, oh, this no, is no, before no, no, they no. got to make the uh, deposit. Not according to the president, Philippe Caladron. Um, oh, yeah, they got it all, huh? <laughs> I don't even want to imagine how many young people this gang poisoned with its drugs, but I can assure you they will no longer do it. Yeah, whatever. He <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a supervillain. I can assure you they'll no longer do did, it. They, did they actually bust anybody with the house, or did they just bust the house and take the cash? Uh, they busted uh, seven people from their a couple of people Ooh. from China and a few others. Um, the article goes into all sorts of the investigation, but what it really comes down to is just shows this whole drug war for what it really is. And when we have to go and sign a dri- and give our driver's license, sign an affidavit to pick up Sudafed, it's really just about control. It has absolutely nothing to do with controlling drugs. Yep, That's I would have to agree. About. And that's all. That's what it's always been about: is controlling your actions in the name of some higher cause. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And of course, the it's all. It's the whole thing. The whole war on drugs is full of lies, full of misstatements and half truths. The fact is uh, that the rednecks in the back of their trailers, mixing up their personal batches of meth, weren't doing squat in the marketplace as far as filling people's demands for meth. The Mexican mafia and the, the, the people producing major batches of product have always been in the game, and they always will be. This is just another drop in the bucket. More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the pack at 8.net. Toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the uh, all the features there are totally free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photos to prove they listen to the show. See what I, uh, see what I mean? But going over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. We're going to the email box here in a moment, but a quick story, an interesting little story out of uh, KOBTV.com. 
from New Mexico. Small water utility is fighting a takeover attempt by the cities of Albuquerque and Rio Ranchero and Bernalillo County. New Mexico Utilities serves about 50,000 West Side customers, many of whom showed up Wednesday night at the uh, community center to hear arguments for and against the proposed government takeover. Uh, so this is a little bit unusual. Normally, we hope to see more things being privatized. In this case, the water utility is not directly run by the government, and the government is trying to take it over. Hmm. So in this case, the government is trying to assume the role of water utility. Uh, the city councilor, one of the city councilors, who's a takeover advocate, says, Basically, New Mexico Utilities is pumping the city and county's water and selling it at a profit. Now, why is it the city or county's water? Does the city or county own any of the land that this water is under? No. Well, I mean, maybe. They, they, no, they, they may own some land, yeah. but what, isn't the water that's sent under my house just as much mine as it is the city, county, city mm. or county's? You'd think, yeah. Uh, apparently. But, but uh, no, they're not pumping the city or the county's water. But they're selling it at a profit. Yeah. So what? They're it's probably they're... cheaper than the city is going to be able to do it at. Yeah, exactly right. I'm sure they don't know that. They think that they can re- redistribute wealth. Everyone will benefit if the city makes money. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they won't. Because the city, will co- it'll cost them seven times as much to get the, the water out of the ground. I guarantee it. Most of the money will be personnel. Personnel that are busy filling out paperwork and eating donuts. Hey, that creates jobs, Mark. No, it doesn't create a job. <laughs> it steals money from the public and uh, gives it to middle-class bureaucrats who do very little. We are extremely frustrated, said Bob Gave, New Mexico Utilities. This is the second time in ten years that we've had an eminent domain battle. Uh, eminent domain is the doctrine under which a governmental entity would be able to take the company's pipelines. Advocates of a t- so the the company owns its own pipelines in this particular case. Wow! You'd think that the government would own the pipelines and they're just allowing the uh, the company to use them, but apparently this is a pretty private situation where essentially the government is basically saying, "Oh, well, you know what? We really like the the uh, business you've set up here. You've been providing water to." The New Mexico people for uh, a decade, and uh, you put these nice pipes in here for us already. You've already done all the work. You've got all the infrastructure in, and yeah, we're just going to take your entire business now. And you know, the thing is, is it was probably just way too cost prohibitive for um, somebody to set this up, the system up. Um, you know, for a government, they just wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be able to come up with that kind of tax revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, the people willingly, they'd uh, come after one with pitchforks and torches. So somebody came in, they put their own money up, they got investors. To uh, you know, put this infrastructure presumably. in place. Presumably, presumably, I don't know. It's it's a there presumption. There could have been government involvement. We don't know. Who knows? Um, but, but you know, they, they did the work for getting this this stuff in place, even if there was government involvement. Yeah. Um, they did all the work, and now the county wants to. And they've take been it. paying if whatever work they did, they've been paying back their investment over time, and now the county's just going to step and in. And they've been say, paying taxes on their um, revenue. They're just going to step in and take it. Mine, 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 because we can. We're the government. We're going to take what, you, what you've created here. In fact, uh, advocates of the takeover claim that New Mexico Utilities owes the city, counter, uh, city county water authority millions of dollars for sewage treatment fees. Both sewage sides. Sewage treatment fees? I guess the county's cleaning the, uh, the sewage water for them or something like that. Uh, both sides claim the other will wind up raising, uh, raising the water rates. Mm-hmm. Which one's more likely? Is it more likely that the more market-based situation where the uh, private company is running the water, is it more likely they will raise the rates, uh, or is it more likely the government will raise I, the rates? I'll tell you what's, gonna, um, what's more likely. What's more likely is that the uh, private entity will raise the rates, and here's why. 
because the government will roll the um, the rate hike that they're going to have to they're going to have to do because they can't run something as efficiently as a as a regular company can. They're going to have to have rate hikes. They'll roll it into the general fund, and that way you'll never see it. For instance, um, in Sarasota, Florida, where you and I are from, um, they would uh, collect your trash for something like twenty five dollars a month. Okay. Um, they would also in Key, New Hampshire, where they don't have public trash collection, it costs about twenty five dollars a month to it's get about your trash. It's twenty seven for me. Yeah. Fine, twenty seven dollars a month to get your trash collected. Yeah. Why? Because the amount of money that you're, um, you know, writing a check for every month is exactly how much it costs to get the trash collected. Mm-hmm. In Sarasota, on the other hand, they subsidize the uh, the trash collection fee with collect, um, with all kinds of other with property taxes. I see. So that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's trickery, pencil whipping. Either way, um, whether or not the original company decides to raise the rates isn't an issue, because if they raise their rates, it won't be an unreasonable increase. It'll be an increase based on their cost of doing business and Mm -hmm. and what it costs to get the water to your home and and, uh, to pay the employees and all of that. Mm -hmm. They can't raise it beyond a certain point, even though, I mean, even when you've got a situation which you do in 99% of America, and that is there's one water company, whether it be governmentally owned or privately owned, one water company serving a given area, it's a government-imposed monopoly either way. It's just that one's slightly better than the other. Total government control, worse than some private control. Mm-hmm. Um, even in a situation like that, they still have to play by the marketplace. And so they can only raise their rates so high. If they raise their rates too high, people will just stop using their water and they'll find other alternatives. They'll call the Culligan, uh, Culligan no, man no. at some point. They certainly would, but they'll probably. what would most likely happen is people will say, oh, screw this, I'm digging a well. That's a, that's an option now, too. Now it's New Mexico. I don't know how far the water is down. <laughs> I I don't have any idea. I you know. I, but it there's got to be water down there somewhere, right? Well, they won't let, just let you dig a well in the middle of a city. Will See, they? now that's the issue. Yeah. it's yeah. always a law. Now many cities will allow you to dig a well. It's that um, but some won't. Right. Um, here in Keene, you can dig a well, but you still have to get city water. Um, <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all. I suppose you can sprinkle your flowers with the water that uh, you get, but um. Either way, so somebody will dig a well, and then an enterprising person, if they, uh, if if the city ordinances allow it, and this is something that they should mm-hmm. allow people to do, an enterprising person will say, you know what, I got this well here, and I could dig it a little bigger, and I could supply everybody on the street. Yeah, I could pump that water out at a profit. You know, and and they could they could grow their water a profit. <laughs> they could grow their little water business uh, slowly. I'll just run a pipe over the neighbor's house. Oh, then I'll run run another pipe over the sure. next door, the other neighbor's house. And pretty soon they're supplying everybody on their side of the street, and that would uh, that would solve this little problem. And that's the kind of ingenuity that America was built on, and it's the kind of ingenuity that city governments across the land try to stifle. It's also the kind of ingenuity that pops up whenever prices go too high. So if this water utility were to raise its prices to a point where people were being burdened. Then all of a sudden, these people in search of profit would start to taste the potential profits that would be available if they were to do things like that, if they were to um, be entrepreneurial in that uh, in that fashion. And so there, 1-800-259-9231. On the way, challenges via email. We'll find out what that's all about. Your calls as well about whatever you want. This is your show, Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231, the pack at 8.net, toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 200,000 posts await you, over 1,500 people interacting. It's a lot of fun, and it's free. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we go to the email box. And challenges for me, Mark? It's so it would appear. All right. All right. I've been listening. This is uh, is from Mark. I've been listening to your show for quite a while now. And I love the show, but I think I may have a few decent challenges for you. Oh, goody. Number one's entitled to enforce or not enforce. You always say that people in the military or police officers should be thinking about their orders and questioning um, what they think is wrong, especially in the context of the war on drugs. Absolutely. I tend to agree. However, you then turn around and criticize President Bush for doing just this, specifically with respect to his signing statements. That indicate that certain parts of the law may not be enforced. You object. Is he not being a good police officer? He is the head of the executive branch by, um, by then objecting to bad laws. Can you reconcile these opinions? Well, first of all, um, I, not that I am in support of anything the government does, but mm. if you want to play by their supposed rules, and the, if, let's understand what the rules are supposed to be for government. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I could be wrong, but as I understand it, there's the legislative branch, the judicial branch, and the executive branch. And the job of the executive branch is to uh, is to execute and, and enforce laws, and is to execute what they're um, being what they're being given to do. And so, with George Bush, he's uh, the, the laws are being passed, and he is saying, "Well, I'm taking myself out from this particular one because it, you know, it's not something I want to follow." And uh, I guess I see where the contradiction is there. He's suggesting that by George Bush doing that. Uh, he's saying that George Bush is doing what I'm suggesting for the the police on the ground. Well, I guess um, like what we propose is that police use judgment um, and you know do what we want them to do on the ground. Whereas yeah. he's saying that uh, you know, and we say that George Bush uses discretion and uh, you know essentially places himself as king and lawmaker. Um, I, I think that there may be uh, something to this, but um, you know there, there has to be a middle ground. If police just enforce um, and they don't think about it, well, that excuse didn't work at Nuremberg, and it won't work here. And 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 it led down a very scary road uh, back in Nuremberg times, mm-hmm. and, and you know people being thrown into gulags and scary things like that. And you know the president is the uh, the. the He's the chief of the executive branch for the um, U.S. government. I mean, we're not right. talking about – he doesn't really have anything to do with a local policeman. So That's true. I don't know what uh, – It's also – it's separation of powers with him. He has the choice to void out the entire law or pass the law. And what he's doing is writing his own laws, which takes away the whole separation of powers. That's the legislature's job, as I understand it, to write the laws, and then he can either pass them or – Avoid them. Good point. I think he makes a pretty good challenge here, though. I mean, you know, like just sort of, uh, you know, looking at his challenge as it's presented. Sure, it's a it's a fair challenge, and it's a subtle difference. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for the president is the it's his job to, as you point out, either say yay or nay to the law, not take them piecemeal and say, okay, I like this part, but I don't like this part. Look, if you see a law and there's parts in there you don't like, you veto the entire thing and you send it back to Congress and say, hey, 
I vetoed this because I don't like parts A, B, and C. Now, you can either take it out and send it back to me or just leave it alone. That's the way it's supposed to work, and then Congress is supposed to rewrite it, and then mm-hmm. they're supposed to send it back to him, and he supposedly will sign it. So he's he's not doing the job that, that he is supposed to do, whereas I believe that the job of police officers is to protect uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of property. At least that's the concept. That's their supposed job, and they aren't doing that by arresting people and throwing them in jail for smoking a joint. That's right, and I've also heard you many times just call on people in the military to follow the Constitution, which they swear to uphold. And that's what you're asking them to do. And this is exactly not what President Bush is doing. He is not upholding the Constitution when he writes these signing statements. He's taking away the separation of powers. Right. I guess we're asking for discretion to follow the Constitution rather than discretion to not follow the Constitution, which is what George Bush is doing by um, these signing statements. Exactly right. More? Number two, intellectual property. You've made it clear that you do not favor legal protections for intellectual property. However, I've heard you on more than one occasion that you own 100% of the intellectual property of Free Talk Live. If it's so <laughs> unimportant, I don't want to give any to you. Go ahead with it. If it's so unimportant, why do you care to own 100%? Why even establish this ownership legally? The only reason uh, that's first of all, the legally there's nothing has been established legally. There's no you know, articles of incorporation or anything mm-hmm. like that with Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is just a show that I do, and I have people on the show with me. Right. Um, the only reason it's even ever come up is because Mark uh, continues to angle for some sort of ownership in the show, even though I, I allow have, him to own all of the commercial advance. I have sufficient ownership in the show at this point. You're happy now. That's good. But in the past, you'd, you'd been angling for 49. I want 49%. I want 50%. Right. I, don't care I, to be, um, I don't care to be an employee. I, right. you know, not it's just, I'm not interested. No, I, I own my own business, which sells the commercials of Free Talk Live, and I'm which you'll happy make yourself very, very rich at someday. But let me, t- um, I'm, I'm, and you, my too, my friend. Um, you'll be richer though. Let's, um, maybe the um, now let's look at uh, what the intellectual property means. Let's say that I filed tomorrow surreptitiously because I am that kind of devious individual. I'd filed um, you know, a patent or a, a copyright uh, on Free Talk Live. I went out and said. Free Talk Live's mine. I own it all. The intellectual property mm-hmm. aspect. Um, I could very well make Ian stop using the terminology Free Talk Live. You think so? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I could take I a lot of effort. I could get, it, it really could would. Try. But I could get it from a legal standpoint. Yeah. I could get that done. Then what am I going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? I'm, I'm going to be stuck with a radio show that I'm not going to be able to host nearly as well as you right. do. Um, You're not going to be able to take my website. You not? I, I don't. I would probably even be able to force you not to use that. Um, the even URL. though that, even though that's been registered since Sorry, 2002. Man, if you go out and buy Titleist.com, somehow or another, you get it. Titleist um, has the right to, to get it from you. Mm-hmm. Even even though I had it first. Mm-hmm. I had it before anybody else. Right, so. Doesn't that establish some no. sort of legal precedent? Um, I'm, I'm not saying that you couldn't fight me on the uh, intellectual property issue, but if I won the intellectual property issue, freetalklive.com would, be, would become mine. I see. If you won. And, and then it. what would it do? It would languish into obscurity because I don't know how to update it. I don't yeah. have a password. I don't know anything about freetalklive.com. You um, own the intellectual property of Free Talk Live because you effectively are the intellectual property of Free Talk Live. Also, um, just as an example, um, I, I'm not being a hypocrite here because no, I don't think and so. I don't he, like got, mention- he, he doesn't. He hasn't really. He doesn't have a full grasp on this one. I don't like mentioning these guys, um, but to to make a point, I will. That if you go to Google and you Google Free Talk Live, put quotes around it so you don't get just. Th- there's a bunch of pages out there like Psychic Hotline that happen to have the words Free, free Talk, Talk and Live. Live on it. Yeah. So you put quotes around it to get the exact phrase. 
And somewhere within the first 20 results, you will find another show called Free Talk Live. It's hosted by a bunch of scumbags, white separatist, low-life scum trash. And uh, you know what? I don't care. Go ahead. Use my show name. I don't care how many people um, start up their own Free Talk Lives. It doesn't bother me at all. I, you know what? Whatever. I don't think they're going to last as long as we are, so why am I going to go through the process of uh, trying to shut them down, which, of course, would just bring more attention to them. I file a lawsuit, and all of a sudden, then they've got the most attention, attention they've ever been given before. So I don't care. It's very clear from the evidence that I don't give a flip about the, the so-called intellectual property. And look at how I run the show. Take the archives. Give them away. There's um, a years of them. If you can get your hands on 2005, take that too. We, you know what? It's all voluntary. The, um, the AMP program, our amplifiers have a special AMP version of the show. There's no security around that. If they wanted to go and distribute the AMP version to their friends and family members, they can do so. What am I going to do? Sue my listeners? Please, <laughs> spread my show. I don't care. You know, I'd appreciate it if you spread the regular version, but you do what you want to do. Also, um, from the uh, the satellite aspect is we allow stations. There's all kinds of uh, pirate stations out there, you know, pirate or micros or whatever term you want to use. There's all sorts of unlicensed stations out there that play our content. Why? Because we let them. And in the process, they play our commercials and they build our brand. Exactly right. So, are there more challenges? There's, there's one more. Oh, good. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever. It's possible to catch me in a contradiction. It's been done before. More's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net. Free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features completely free. Why? Because that's the way it should be. We were talking about intellectual property a few moments ago. I don't believe in it, so I give away all my archives. Go ahead, take them. You know, it really kind of gets to me sometimes, even though I thought I, I think I make it pretty clear, and I guess maybe we just don't talk about it enough. Uh, we don't really talk about intellectual property a lot on this show, but when it does come up, um, it, it gets addressed. I guess some people don't get the message, or they're just being nice. They're being courteous. People will email me and ask me, "Can I use your uh, a clip from your show in my whatever it is I'm doing?" You know, some guy just uh, emailed me. A, he's making a movie or a documentary. He wanted to use a clip from Free Talk Live in the intro to his documentary. And he is welcome to. But please, um, I say yes to everything. I mean, what am I going to do? Track you down and uh, get angry because you like my show and you want to put my show in something you're creating? I mean, you know, the only thing I really, I, I guess I do appreciate it because it brings some attention to how the show's being used and where it's being used. But I'll never reject a request to uh, to use the show. Because you could just do it anyway, whether or not I <laughs> I wanted you to, and I'd never know about it. So please, it, or it's unlikely that you would, unless uh, they were, you know, very very popular. The worst case scenario I can come up with with uh, y- your stance on uh, intellectual property is that uh, some radio station owner out there, and a licensed one, I'm sure, um, in this circumstance, would could possibly take our show, edit out all the commercials. Uh, play it, you know, or have a board up there to edit out the commercials. You pay some guy $8 an hour, and we're so... WJOL in Joliet is uh, playing a commercial-free version of the show. On their internet feed, right? That's correct. Okay. I'm, I'm, I understand that they are, um, and that's because that's what's available, and that's what's easy. Right. Um, and, you know, and recorded, it's a, it's the podcast, essentially. They're paying. They're playing a whole podcast. They're playing the podcast, yeah. Um, and Complete with the podcast promos and that sort of thing. The uh, Whereas the... Um, 
when when we're talking about uh, you know playing something live, you know the content, the content's more important because it's live. So a radio station owner could do such a thing, um, and then you know at whatever their rates were in that given market, if it was New York City, it would be thousands of dollars, and mm-hmm. and if it was Keene, New Hampshire, it would be dollars. Um, whatever it would be, they would be reaping the uh, benefits there of cutting out our six minutes uh, per hour. Of You're saying they'd run their own commercials in there instead? Over those, over time. Uh, over those commercials. Sure. That's the worst case scenario. And we'd never know it. Um, we might not know it, but in a larger market at some point or another, we, would fi- we could figure it out. If we they could, did. if we audited them. Uh, we could, yeah, I don't know I about you, but would... I'm not going to go through my list. Of, you know, by that time, by the time we got out of New York, we're going to be on several hundred stations. Right. So I'm not going to go through my list of stations and audit them to make sure they're running my spots. Correct. Then you can spend a couple of years in court battling it out as well. But those, those people would not have signed our contract because um, we have a contract ca- to carry the show, and yeah. um, they would have, you know, in, in the contract it says you have to play the commercials. Somebody would probably be stealing it off the feed if they weren't playing our commercials, or I they're see. violating the contract. Yeah. The contract we could go after them on. The intellectual property, on the other hand, we couldn't because we really don't do anything about it. Um, but they would be stealing, they would be uh, use, getting the feed because we don't have a password on mm-hmm. our feed. Well, we could just put a pa- institute a password, give it to all our stations. That would, of course, cut off our nose to spite our face in the uh, arena of the micros, um, the, the pirate True. stations that decide to carry us and help us to build our brand. And thanks to all the, uh, the little guys out there that are doing it. So, you know, there's, there's a give and take. That's the yeah. worst case scenario I can come up with. Yeah, exactly. 800-259-9231. So if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then vote for us. Go to, uh, go to vote.freetalklive.com. Yesterday, I believe our lead was only... Five votes. So we really need as many votes as we can get here in the remaining ten or so days of this month um, because, well, your votes help get more people on board with this show. Uh, the longer we're the number one show, the more people see the show and tune into the show and thereby discover the message of freedom and liberty. So if you like the show, vote at vote.freetalklive.com. That's vote. .freetalklive.com, and more importantly, ask some friends to do it as well. If you've already done it this month, we really appreciate your help. All right, so somebody's writing some challenging sort of suggestions in the email box. Right. Um, Challenge number three is atheism versus agnosticism. Oh, boy. Some people take the position, agnostics, that if there is no proof in favor or against, then they will not rule out the existence of God. You have taken the position that if there is no proof in favor, then you will rule out the existence of God. We could go on and on about the logic of that position. However, uh, let's use a practical example. Let's say we are living a thousand years ago and you cut your hand on a rusty, dirty knife. Ouch! I, the person from the future, tell you that you should wash your hand. You don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> then go, I, I go on to say that there are small things, bacteria, that cannot be seen, but they're dangerous to you. Mm-hmm. And that the only way to defend yourself is to wash your hand. Then you start going on and on about how if there's no proof of the existence of bacteria, then you refuse to acknowledge the possibility of their existence. I probably might do that. In essence, you take the atheist stance against bacteria Uh instead of the agnostic. Result, a few weeks later, you you lose your hand to gangrene and eventually die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So? No, that's it. He's he's only trying to come up with some challenges for you. The fact is I'm open to being proven wrong. It's just but, that but, but, at that point, there was, there's just a man from the future claiming things. I mean, right, you could right. be anybody. And at the end of it all, you lose your hand. Hey, you know, that's how uh, the things panned out back then. Because people didn't know what bacteria was. They but didn't have any scientific proof. You had a man proof. from the future telling you to wash your hand. Did, did I know you were a man from the future, or did you just look like an oddball? I well, mean, what difference you know. is it? How, then how, am I, how is he going to prove that he's from the future? I don't. He could do some sort of futuristic thing. I mean, if he I'm could just, prove I'm just saying the there's future. a lot of one-handed skeptics running around. 
I see where you're coming from. Okay. That's the guy's uh, points there. All right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, whatever. Um, okay. So some evidence comes out that irrefutably proves the existence of a god, then I would have to change my mind on that. Just because one has made the decision that there is no god, as I have, doesn't mean that the, one's mind could not be changed in the future. Wouldn't that be kind of silly for an atheist to uh, essentially continue holding to his dogma once faced with irrefutable evidence? Well, he's only making the point that uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's, it's best not to go on what evidence you have at hand. I see. Well, in that case, so he's trying to convert me into an agnostic, basically. I, I, from what your stances are, you're like a militant agnostic is, is what I would classify you as. You just like the term atheist. Right. Well, for, I, it's you know lack of belief in theism, lack of belief in God. I don't have that belief. So there. There you go. Uh, all right. Another question for the panel here from <laughs> Daredevil Border. He says, or Boder... He says, do you guys think that the division between anarcho-capitalists and the minarchists within the libertarian movement is weakening the cause for liberty? Uh, th- before we answer the question, it, uh, I think bo- it, it bears us to define terms. Yes. Uh, anarcho-capitalist is an obscure, very um, bad term that uh, has all sorts of negative connotations to it. I don't happen to like, um, but nonetheless, people still insist on using it. It essentially means somebody who is for the free marketplace, someone who wants to get the government out of as many possible er- as many areas as possible. Someone like me, for instance, I don't prefer to uh, to identify with that term. Um, I like the term free marketeer, but nonetheless, that's what an anarcho-capitalist is. Whereas a minarchist is someone like Mark who, for instance, believes that a very, very small government is appropriate to have around for the purposes of protecting life, liberty, and the and property. I, you know, I, I probably um, choose to believe these uh, that the government makes sense in these circumstances simply out of uh, fear of what could happen. I think that they... I, if, you, if you have a void, that something will come and fill that void. The void of government, um, I, I fear, will be filled by another, possibly more tyrannical government, so we need something to fill a, vo- a, a placeholder, as it were. Toby, is the division between the free marketeers and minarchists weakening the cause for liberty? I wouldn't say it's weakening it. I think what it does is give for great debate. Mm. I mean, I know you jump on the Free Talk Live BBS, and you can have debates with minarchists and capitalists and see which way they go, and really it's just good intellectual stimulation. Um, I, I'll answer the question now. <laughs> I'd say that um, sometimes it does. If people debate uh, poorly and they um, win or lose poorly, then that weakens it. Uh, you know, For instance, in the uh, Libertarian Party, it looks like the minarchists, uh, even more so the, the incrementalists, have uh, taken over and and there are much more they have much more mainstream views which mainstream means big government big government means abuses corruption mm-hmm. um, I don't think that I think that loosened uh, that that weakened uh, the the movement I think that um, you know on in the case of free talk live we have the debate almost every single night between minarchy and anarchy or free marketeerism mm-hmm. or whatever you know um, so. And we managed to do it well. Now, I've heard listeners uh, say, do you and Ian, are, are, do you not like each other? <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about you two. You argue a lot and stuff. But, you know, during the, when it comes to the breaks, it's all hugs and kisses. It's uh, fun and games here um, on Free Talk Live. We just like debate. 
to answer the question, I don't think they're, it's weakening the cause for liberty at all. Um, in many areas, if you look in, on a micro level and you see a couple people getting angry about an argument they had at a political convention, like you're talking about, Mark, it may seem that way when you're at that micro level. But at a macro level, I think it's a great thing. I then go back to what, uh, what Toby said. It's competition, essentially. It's a competition for ideas, and competition makes us all better. Hour number three is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. That's 800-259-9231 for the packet8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. Enjoy them. They're on us, freetalklive.com. We start out with the phone calls to Kevin in D.C. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hey, Kevin. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind, sir? I just had a question about something that was discussed last night, and I don't listen to the show until it's on the podcast after, so if you didn't touch on it, um, you're talking about the privatization of the law enforcement, and yes. people would have, like, representation of their own company. They would hire a company, you were saying, as, like, the insurance policy? Yeah, basically, uh, the, the concept would be that if you want uh, some sort of protection, in, you, you want some, uh, protection services, it's likely those services would be provided by insurance companies, but maybe not. It might work a different way. So if you didn't hire your own company, who would follow up on any crime that was, you know, done against you? Well, you would you would hire their services after the fact and pay a heck of a lot more. I mean, presuming it would be worth it. For instance, if you didn't have a protection company and somebody broke into your home and stole your TV set, you know, I don't know how much they would charge for after the fact picking up your contract, basically, and, and investigating that. You'd have to pay the full cost of, of the investigation, the full cost of, of you know, uh, I mean, presuming that they didn't find the culprit. Right. Um, you know, if right. they found the culprit, then that culprit would, you know, would obviously have to pay um, some portions. But it would be in your best interest to hire these uh, these people in advance, you know, the same way it's in your interest to have auto insurance today. The state of New Hampshire doesn't require that people have auto insurance, but believe it or not, people actually have auto insurance within the state right. of New Hampshire. So, um, now, so you'd be okay. taking a risk by not hiring the, the services. Sure. Now, in terms of the arbitrator or whoever you making the judgment calls on this, how do you, how do you ensure that that doesn't become corrupt? Uh, competition. Uh, the, it's very simple. There would be different arbitrators all competing for business, and they'd all be competing on the basis of who gives the best arbitration, in that um, who gives the fairest judgments out to both uh, the side that, that wins the judgment and the side that is judged against. So they have to actually satisfy both parties in order to be considered a fair arbitrator. And only the fairest and most just arbitrators will be the most popular. Right. Because right. you wouldn't well, you wouldn't hire you wouldn't hire a known corrupt arbitrator, would you? <laughs> Probably not. And exactly. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231 the toll-free line for you, Eric in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Toby and Mark. Hello, Eric. Hey guys, how's it going this evening? Hey, great. What's up? I saw an article on uh the Tech Dirt blog uh earlier today uh regarding uh the the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Okay. Uh, right after the Super Bowl, a professor, a law professor, uh, took just the, the, a short clip from the Super Bowl, but it was just the NFL's copyright notice. Okay. And she, she put it up on YouTube to use as an example for her classes. Uh, 
to explain how the NFL was trying to uh, claim more in their copyright notice than could actually be claimed under a real copyright notice. I, I couldn't go into all the details because I'm not a copyright lawyer, so I don't know exactly what she was talking about. Let me guess, the NFL sued. What's that? I'm, I'm going to guess the NFL sued her? Uh, well, they, they filed a DMCA notice with YouTube, and YouTube pulled down the clip, and uh, she filed a counter DMCA claim uh, and sent it to both the NFL and YouTube and said, no, this is fair use, I'm using this is perfectly legal under the law. Mm -hmm. And so YouTube reinstated the clip and, uh, uh, and everything, they, they put the clip back up and everything was well. And she was able to use this as a, a perfect example of the NFL, uh, basically proving her point for her. Got it. And, uh, then apparently later this week, the, uh, NFL, uh, filed another DMCA claim on the same clip, which the DMCA specifically does not allow to happen. Once a claim's been filed and then countered, that's supposed to be the DMCA. Okay. Except the NFL doesn't care, and they did it again anyway, and had a clip pulled again. <laughs> I'd hate to be in YouTube's compliance department. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I think that the only reason that YouTube pulled it again is, number one, they... I don't keep specific records per clip on mm -hmm. when it's been pulled and reinstated, but they've also got that billion-dollar lawsuit from Viacom hanging over their head. That's true. So, what was your point on all this? I, I just I could not believe the the brazenness of the NFL in this situation. Well, I mean, they probably think they can out lawyer a a, a, a college professor. That's probably what it, it is. The funny thing is, is it was just the copyright notice. Like, right. It wasn't even the game. Yeah, I mean, don't you have something better to do with your time? That's, exactly. that's pretty outrageous. Thanks for the call, Eric. Appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. All the NFL is really is intellectual property, though. So um, I guess they, they feel it necessary to uh, protect it. It's uh, pretty absurd, though. Wouldn't you agree? Um, the yeah. copyright notice? I would, I would say that, that, that that's pretty silly. You but... can't show our copyright notice without permission. But they have always been... Uh, crazy about protecting, especially the Super Bowl. I know. Right. Um, it looks like they just don't want to give an inch, no. let people take a mile. I don't know. It they seems don't pretty crazy to me. Churches to show the Super Bowl. I just don't get that part. You mean live or um, live. post or recorded? I don't know about recorded. I would imagine you have to uh, buy a recording from them in order to uh, to play it. I don't really know. live. They won't let a church project. Why would you want to see the Super Bowl, Bowl um, recorded though? I don't know. They sell copies of it themselves, so they may. Th that's probably how you have to get it in. Order I wonder to how many people buy There's, that crap. There are few games that uh, are worth seeing recorded into how my mind. How many people buy? How many people actually buy Super Bowl copies on DVD or or cassette tape? I don't know, but it's so and cheap to produce, into... um, produce something on DVD. Oh sure, I know. I know matter. it's cheap, but how many people buy it? I just want to look into the, the you know the mindset of this rabid sports fan that they can't get enough of the Super Bowl. I mean, as though there's not enough football to watch on television and not enough sporting coverage. I mean, when the Super Bowls when the when NFL's not in season, there's something else for you to be watching. Is it real? Are you really that obsessed to where you have to you, you get an to get an itch for Super Bowl 15? You just have to. You have to go and watch it again, you know, to see that that final pass, that final uh, interception or whatever. I mean, seriously. Some, I, I guess I'm some just, people do. 
I'm not a sports nut. I, I, I can imagine being a sports nut, and you'd really have to be the nuttiest of sports nuts to, to actually have copies of the Super Bowl around so you can no. go back and revisit them. I think the, odd. the way you feel about liberty, I think some people feel about sports. I understand that. But I don't replay moments in, in, in libertarian history over and over again. I'm 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 moving forward with my life. I guess this is this is also something that I just don't understand about people in general is their their affection for nostalgia in in many cases an an obsession for nostalgia. People who love to live in the past. People who always want to just spend time remembering the good old days, the way things were, instead of focusing on their future, instead of focusing on what they're doing, not just in the, in the future, but right now to make their future and other people's future better. If all you're doing, and I understand you can learn from the past, you should sure, learn NFL from players can watch the uh, uh, past games and see how they uh, made mistakes, that kind well, of yeah, thing. Well, yeah, like I listen to every show after we do it, so I can hear where we make mistakes. You can show um, it to your high school team to say, don't do this, or do this, fine, that kind of fine. thing. I understand that's that. That's learning from the past. Th- that's true. I-, I think that's fine. It's under it's understandable. You should learn from the past. You should understand history so you don't repeat it. But to live in the past, to make the past what your life is all about, uh, collecting mementos from the past, collecting, um, for instance, going up in your attic and just sort of mandering about, it, like my uncle, um, the crackhead, uh, he was talking about at one Christmas dinner how he likes to just uh, crack open a beer and wander through his home and look at his things. I mean, you're living in the past, dude. I mean, I've got more respect for somebody who sits down and watches television than somebody who just meanders around, uh, you know, looking at old stuff. And remembering the good old days. It fills your life with so much junk that has yeah, no bearing the on, past. on the future. I, I don't know. I know some people who just have boxes and boxes and boxes of crap that just clutter up their life. I, I like keeping myself simple. I, I like having a small amount of stuff. I, I'm still in college, so I move frequently, and I like <laughs> right. being able to just pack it Pick all up in go. one little car. I've said the same things, but man, as life goes on, you get more, you accumulate more and more. You have crap. to practice at uh, at simplifying. Every year, have a garage sale. Clean out the crap you don't need. Clean out the stuff you're not going to need anymore. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm going to be selling my Transformers here by the time the movie comes out, uh, the Transformers collection. So that's one of the ways I'm simplifying this year. They're just sitting in boxes. So you've got something sitting in boxes, get rid of it. What I do way, is free talk live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Enjoy those there on us, freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. By the way, uh, some of those free features on our website include live streams, broadband version, and a dial-up version of the show, both waiting for you. Now, actually, we were getting into um, we we're getting into a topic, and I wanted to continue it a bit here, because I think it's important, and that is simplification, as I like to call it. And Toby, you were um, 
you were going to get into something about how you like to keep your life as, as simple as possible, but we had to break away, so I wanted you to continue. Yeah, I'm just saying I, I currently move a lot. I'm in college. I live in an apartment, so I bounce around from place to place around the town that I live in here in Keene a lot. So what I try to do to keep my life simple is every time I move, I bring the same car full of the same stuff. Like, if there's something that doesn't fit in my car, it's not coming with me. Mm-hmm. It works out perfect because I don't want my life filled with clutter. It doesn't help me out, and I take what I need, and I live my life that way, and it re- it's helped me a lot. It's easy to find things. Oh, yeah. um, it's just your life feels simpler when you don't have as much crap around. It's easier to find things that you have, but it's not so easy to find things that you don't have. Yeah. Like, for instance, if you need to find a, a tool... Suppose you need to find a saw. You're not going to find it at your house. I'll find it at Home Depot. But, right. So <laughs> so what? What? They're storing it at Home Depot for you, and then you've got to do what? Throw it away when you're done? No. Sell uh, it at a yard sale uh, well, at, 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 at a 10% of what you bought it for? Okay. If, if that, 5%? Okay, Mark. You're going to go into your point about how, well, when you get older, you collect more stuff. And at the, when you're buying tools, you're buying things for life. I mean, many tools, <laughs> they've like, got lifetime warranties. It'd be stupid to throw tools out. We aren't the government. We can't just toss tools over the side of a boat, get a new budget for next year, right. and go buy them all over but again. But tools take an entire room. Now, not only do I have to have a lot, um, you know, I have more stuff, but I have to have purchase a larger place to put that crap. Sure, and Toby isn't, uh, you know, Toby's a college kid. He doesn't need the tools. Look at those soft little hands. He probably never worked for a living in a day in his life. I grew up on a farm. <laughs> I've got, I've probably got softer hands than, than Toby. I don't know. Um, I couldn't even see his hands. And, um, but, but, but my point is, um, he's in college, so if something breaks, then the landlord fixes it. So there's there's not really right. as much of a need for Toby to have those things. So yes, when he does move into his own home, he'll probably start accumulating the tool collection as I did mm. when I purchased my first home. I have a Phillips head screwdriver and a regular. Th- there you go, perfect college. Uh, you should probably consider some pliers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so anyway, so you you simplify your life as much as you possibly can. If right. you're in a different living circumstance, obviously it means different things um, for you. But if you let it go crazy, then it's going to be even more and more difficult to simplify. So you have to. It has to be a constant process. I would of, agree with that of, of right. culling the unnecessary things. It's just classifying. This is this is the problem. Is is subjective as to what is necessary and what is unnecessary. Of course it's subjective. And that, that subjectivity leads to people, the pack rats, the people that have this um, this kind of OCD thing for collecting everything they get. It's a disease, get. it is. It is. Um, and so, oh, I might need this out-of-date circular from Kmart. I better hold on to it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there's sub- it's subjective. For instance... Might keep you warm someday. I hold... You may, it may very well. You can believe that you don't have to have as much air conditioning if your walls are, uh, you know, there's paper stacked up uh, to the ceiling on, next to your walls. You're you're well insulated. Um, anyway, um, you know, I I hold on to bills up to seven years because I use these things as a write-off in, in my business. Yeah. So if I write them off, then the government, up to seven years, they can come and ask for it. Well, um, I haven't had my business for seven years, so I've got a filing cabinet, a free, a filing cabinet full of bills and pieces of paper that are just in... You know, little file folders. So every piece of paper I get that could possibly have something to do with a write-off, I have to save this thing. I'm not kidding you. Drawers Stop and paying drawers. Taxes, of you don't it. have to deal with that anymore. Well, you know, that's a very <laughs> simple solution. I sincerely hope it doesn't end. Works it, for end millions of in, Americans. It does. I hope it doesn't end end them up in jail. Well, what about all those people though that are 
hanging on to these trophies they won in high school or college mm. and putting them all up on the walls, the old football jersey, the old soccer jersey, whatever it is, dragging it around from them with them from place to place. Remember the wedding the old, gown. How about the that glory one? days? Exactly. Well, I, I think. <clears throat> I think when you have mementos and trophies like those, they should go into categories. Displayable, Nostalgic crap. <laughs> displayable and non-displayable. And I, yeah. have, I, I think that the non-displayables, you should do something if about. If it's sitting in a box and has been sitting in that box for over five years, oh, yeah. serious, it should, needs to be given serious consideration to either being mm-hmm. sold or thrown away. Now, and eBay is a wonderful tool for this. Um, I spent three years, I knew after joining the Free State Project that I was going to be moving to New Hampshire. And I immediately started simplifying all, the, all of the things that I had. I sold my laser disc collection. I sold my stereo system. I sold my television set. I sold off as much crap. I did a lot of it piecemeal. I did a lot of it at garage sale. And, you know, the point is, just over time, just continuing to assess what you have and decide, hmm, like I'm doing with my Transformers. I, you know, I like my Transformers as an old nostalgic thing mm-hmm. from my past, but what good are they doing me sitting in boxes? They're yeah. not doing it any good at all. People can certainly be a, col- a collector, uh, you know, over-collect things. I think and- it's okay to have collections. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. But if you've got too many collections... That's one thing. And if it's a collection like mine where it's just sitting in boxes, yeah, I could display them. But then you've got to dust them, and I don't want to do that, and it's right. a big pain. So if it's just sitting in a box, someone else could use that. Someone else could uh, g- you know, give it to their kids. Somebody else could enjoy it for their own collection. That exactly. sort of thing. I like collecting as a hobby. I collect coins. I like to collect all old coins, old Indian heads and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's enjoyable for me, categorizing them and doing all sorts of stuff. But And then you can have a safe. Exactly. Click, click. <laughs> But I find that a little bit different than holding on to real crap. <laughs> oh, that's that's what all the collectors think. I guess it's a, it's to a certain degree. What degree am I willing to take it? I'm willing to take it as far as, I guess, my coin collection. You know, um, I was thinking about some analogies uh, when you were talking about the wedding dresses. For instance, you've got the wedding dress versus the uh, wedding, uh, the the engagement ring. Um, Many women uh, are, you know, wear as their engagement ring, or many men give as their um, engagement ring the ring from their great grandmother, mm-hmm. something like that. This, this is a, you know, this tried and true. Uh, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's, it's tried and true tradition. Tradition, yes. Um, nothing wrong with that. But holding on to the wedding dress. Yikes. Uh, what are you going to do with that? I mean, 50 years later, that daughter's not going to wear that. No way. The wedding dress should be, um, in in the case, in my case, uh, my wife uh, got married in a wedding dress of her fr- one of her friends. Her mm-hmm. friend had gotten married a couple of years before her. and That's brilliant. So, yeah. You know, pass the wedding dresses along. Um, consequently... Save somebody a few hundred bucks. Few, it, was, it was more than a few hundred. Or more, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, wedding dresses come... You can big go up to ten thousand. I think Jeez. that uh, the number that she told me was fourteen hundred dollars that that woman had spent on that dress. I would have been very <laughs> disturbed by that uh, that that number if uh, if, yeah. if I had known that. But you know, they, girls consider that their big day. You know, well, that can be another you know that can be another factor that goes into whether or not someone holds something or not can be the price of the original item. Oh well, this uh, you know this computer cost me three thousand dollars when I bought it back in nineteen eighty six. Oh, good. It's junk now. Yeah. 
now you could get, get maybe three dollars for it, maybe no, as somebody, a historical item. Going to extract the gold from it. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, really, you you have to get beyond all that. You have to get beyond what you originally paid or what it meant twenty years ago. Because if it means sitting in a box right now and just taking up room, it's a waste of your space. Words on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You take control and bring up anything. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, including the wiki. wiki.freetalklive.com gets you to it. There are over 1,200 pages that have been created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. See what I mean? By heading over to wiki. FreeTalkLive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to FreeStateProject.org. That is FreeStateProject.org. So, to the Miami Herald, and uh, an interesting story that points out the hypocrisy in the system. You'd think that, you know, there's a lot of laws out there. And we've talked about before on this, this show that the, the government bureaucrats like to say that ignorance of the law is no excuse, right? We've heard people say that. So is there any excuse for government bureaucrats to ignore the law? I mean, if indeed it's, uh, if there's no excuse for us little people to ignore the law, and it's so easy to ignore it because there's so much law, how could any regular person be expected to understand and comprehend and and I mean if you've ever even tried to read laws before you understand what I'm talking about legalese is is like a foreign language trying to understand this stuff is beyond me I don't know about you but you guys I didn't take any classes on understanding legalese when I was in government high school you know it's almost like they don't want you to understand what you'd think you'd, it's like they don't Could want be. you to understand it so You'd think that there might be a bit of a higher standard for some of the bureaucrats out there. Well, I'd I'd hope that the ones who are enforcing these laws are at least abiding by them themselves. Well, our Judge Lawrence Corda was just 20 paces from a group of kids, according to the Miami Herald, and closer still to a drug-free zone sign. When police spotted him puffing on some weed in a Hollywood park, according to a police report released Tuesday. The family court judge known nationally for his brief role in the Anna Nicole Smith hearings, was charged with marijuana possession. Here's how the arrest happened. According to the police report, about 2 p.m. Sunday, three Hollywood police officers were jogging through Stanley Goldman Park as part of a physical training exercise. Clad in gym clothes, they were not identifiable as police. During their jog, the officers were struck by the unmistakable smell of marijuana. Mm. They followed the aroma to a tree on the southwest side of the park's hockey rink. Sitting there under that tree was Corda. Judge Corda, Mm. puffing away on a joint. He wasn't far from a group of young children or a sign proclaiming the park a drug-free zone. Dear God. Can you imagine this, Judge? He was getting ready to ply those children with the marijuana, wasn't he? He was going to run up there and give it to them. He was going to beckon to them, call them over, entice them with the sweet, sweet scent of his marijuana cigarette. 
At first, Corda made no efforts to conceal the cannabis, but that changed when the men identified themselves as police. At one point, the judge tried to toss the pot. You'd think he'd know better than that. Mm-hmm. The officers, who were not carrying handcuffs, had Corda lay face down on the ground. They were unaware that he was a judge, police said. Well, well what do you think they would have done if they'd known he was a judge? Yeah. Would they have I... behaved differently? For his safety and hours, Corder was asked to lay on the ground in the prone position until other officers could arrive with handcuffs. Because you know those pot smokers. Boy, they're going to... They could do anything at any moment. Crazy. They might be armed and dangerous. You know how many pot smokers are out there shooting up playgrounds and stuff. What I mean... This is nuts. A short while later, two additional officers and a lieutenant showed up at the scene. Well, I like the idea that the judge was uh, treated equally. Yeah, okay, true. Well, Probably they, well, they didn't know because they didn't judge. know he yeah. was a judge. Right. Um, I, I like that he got equal treatment, <laughs> but um, you know, I don't, I don't think that uh, marijuana should be illegal. I agree with you. A short while later, uh, two additional officers and a lieutenant showed up at the scene. One immediately recognized Judge Corda. Police said after field testing Corda's cigarette for marijuana, the judge was issued a citation and told not to return to the park. He'll appear in court next month to face the drug charges. Hmm. Now, I wonder if he's going to get the same treatment as everyone else in court. Who knows? You know, they might try to make an example out of him. Uh, that's a po- there's a there's that possibility. It, it, it always is. It, since it hit the national news, I suspect. Yeah, they may very well. Um, uh, but I agree with you, Mark. It's marijuana. He should have been left alone. I mean, let's look at his motivations here. You catch a judge sitting underneath a tree at a park smoking a joint. Was he there to sell the marijuana to the kids playing at the park? Was he there to threaten their innocence? Was he there to uh, destroy their purity? I think uh, not. No, no, and no. It seems like he was trying to enjoy some time off in the park. Yeah, it seems to me that he was uh, enjoying his Sunday, sitting underneath the tree, decided he'd light up a, a joint that he'd rolled at home because he really enjoys being out in the park. You know what? It's probably something he's done before. And it's not the smartest thing to do for obvious reasons. The wind blows the wrong direction. Three cops that are uh, out of uniform happen to be jogging by. They've got nothing better to do than apparently harass somebody for smoking marijuana. It's just an interesting story. It's not, it's not an unusual story. People get busted like this all the time. What's unusual about it, though, is that it's a judge this time. And it's just more, it's just another example of how widespread marijuana use is in America. Even the, the, the police and the judges themselves, the bureaucrats who rattle the saber in the war on drugs. I, it's probably the case that this judge has sat in front of a few family court proceedings and has awarded custody of, one ch- of a child to one parent based on the drug usage of another parent or the alleged drug usage of another parent. So he may have had marijuana come up in his courtroom and may have pretended as though that he was all high and mighty about it. Who knows what his attitude is? I don't know the guy. I'm speculating. Speculating, yeah. But the point is, pot smokers are everywhere. If you're somebody who is not a pot smoker, you're someone who's never touched marijuana in your whole life, you may not be aware of the extent to which there are marijuana smokers. For instance, of the three people sitting in this particular room, I think 100% of us have at some time in our lives smoked some marijuana. I'm afraid that's so for me. Right. I'm not saying you're doing it currently. I'm not saying anything about your habits. But no, we have a policy that you don't smoke uh, marijuana on the air. There's a past involved here, and uh, we've all done it. I can't say I can deny it. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think the only person that's ever been on this show that's never smoked marijuana was Torgo. Hmm. 
I think pretty much every other host on this radio program well, I, uh, it's, it's, has smoked it's, marijuana. It, it's an unscientific study, that's for certain. But uh, I'm just know, saying well, there are a lot of people, of people out there. There are. Millions and millions and millions of Americans have. What is it? It's fi- I don't know the exact number, but a lot of Americans have tried it at some point in their life. Yes, and a lot of people have done it in public. And smoking a marijuana cigarette at a park isn't putting anyone in any sort of danger. Uh, Children are not going to be enticed into smoking marijuana because there's a man sitting under a tree smoking it. In fact, uh, it's very unlikely that a judge or anybody would hand a marijuana cigarette to a five-year-old if he came over and said, Hey, what's that you're smoking? You're probably not going to be sharing the pot with the little boy who's uh, you know, asking you that question. So the kids weren't in danger. Nobody was in danger. It's just a guy smoking a joint under a tree. What's wrong with that? If seriously you think there's a problem there, I'd like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Otherwise, this story just serves as more evidence that marijuana smoking is wider. Uh, it, it covers more uh, different sorts of uh, walks of life than you think. It's not just the people uh, living in the trailer parks that are smoking pot. If you think that if you don't know anyone who smokes marijuana, I guarantee you one of your fam- friends or family members does. It's that's a guarantee or has. I don't know, but does sort of says um, does. You know, I would say it's. Uh, I did within the last week, and I will um, within the next week. You know, that's sort of what does indicates. I would say that does odds are really good that someone does, and, and odds are even better that someone did. Oh, incredible that someone has. I mean, it, and if the, and if they have, um, think about this. Would their life be better if they would have gone to jail for mm-hmm. that possession? Would their life be better? No. And had a conviction on their record. Right. I mean, really? Is Taking that what away we from need? Their kids. That is not what we need. This is why... Because it, it may not have happened to your friend or relative, but it has happened to somebody's friend or relative. And people and don't understand. And why would understand. you wish that crap on somebody? I don't know, man. People don't understand why marijuana legalization is such an issue for the libertarian movement and this show. It's because it's so widespread. This affects people's lives in a very negative fashion. And if you don't think it's affecting your life, you're wrong about that. And that's one of the reasons why it's such an issue. Because the enforcement costs money. There's so many different side issues. The uh, the black market that's created as a result of these laws. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show, Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. If you make it now at 800-259-9231, that's the packet 8.net toll free line. And this is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, Ian, here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. We do ask, however, that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff. Two different places you can buy things. There's the Free Talk Live store, which sells all sorts of neat Free Talk Live merchandise. Toby's wearing his very snazzy Free Talk Live t-shirt tonight. Those are available in both black and yellow. Um, There are different sizes, of course, even different styles. We've got a bowling shirt. We've also got, I think, three different styles of hats. The Free Marketeer flag is available, DVD, classic, archive, collector sets, and more, all for sale at store.freetalklive.com. Also... Would like you to shop at Amazon.freetalklive.com, where there's 40 categories of products. It's the world's largest internet retailer. You know them, Amazon. But what we want you to do is enter through the um, the Amazon.freetalklive.com link, because when you do that, a percentage of your sale goes to Free Talk Live. So you get the products you need for life, whether they be DVDs or books or office products or sporting goods or accessories, delivered to your door. Free super saver shipping on many items in uh, at Amazon. And you help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. So you get the best of all the worlds. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Great way to help support 
the show. All right, Mark, you've been getting email after email about this topic. We've got to cover it. What is it? Well, um, it looks like uh, the Liberty Dollars... Uh Suing the the U.S. Mint. Or, fighting back. Yeah. Evansville, Indiana, Liberty Dollar filed suit against the U.S. Mint on Tuesday, March the 20th. But just it, just a few minutes before the show went on the air quite um, is when this uh, article came out. U.S. District Breaking Court, news. Evansville, Indiana, the organization which promotes and distributes the new gold and silver currency, asked the court to declare that the use of the Liberty Dollar is not a federal crime, as claimed by the U.S. Mint. Mm-hmm. And the organization further asked the court to enter a permanent injunction against the U.S. Mint, requiring it to remove any reference that the use of Liberty Dollars is a federal crime from its website. Oh, good. The federal, um, excuse me, Liberty Dollar organization denies that it is more than um, that it's more than 100,000 proponents are federal outlaws. It identifies them as law-abiding citizens who legally have made the inflation. Well, I mean, I don't know. I might qualify as an outlaw, but in general, Liberty Dollar uh, proponents are good law-abiding citizens. They've made the inflation-proof Liberty <laughs> Dollar America's second most popular currency, and the um, organization demands that the uh, federal government cease and desist from threatening them. Good. The Liberty Dollar Group maintains that it is protecting the right of every American to use or barter in any money that is they make. Is this a news article or a press release? No, it's, it's, it's a press release that looks like a news article. Okay. <laughs> the, press, the Liberty Dollar Group maintains it is uh, uh, protecting the right of every American to use or barter in any money that they may voluntarily agree to utilize. They point out that anybody can lawfully barter a dozen eggs for five pounds of sugar without fear of government interference. Mm-hmm. As an example, the group even quotes Andrew Williams, a spokesman for the Federal Reserve in Washington, D.C., as saying there's no law that says goods and services must be paid for with Federal Reserve notes. Parties entering into a transaction can establish any medium of exchange that is agreed upon. It's true. The only law, as I understand it, is the legal tender law that says that uh, that U.S. dollars must – or Federal Reserve notes – you have to accept them for payment of debt. Mm-hmm. So you have to accept um, FRNs. Bernard von Nothaus, the monetary architect of the Liberty Dollar, labels the U.S. government, U.S. Mint's allegation that the use of the Liberty Dollar as a criminal, um, as is a criminal, as completely misguided. The Liberty Dollar organization has never claimed that it is new gold and silver currency was a coin or legal tender. For over eight years, the Liberty Dollar has. Um, Proposed from the fact that people has prospered, excuse me, from the fact that people could use any private voluntary currency they choose. The Liberty Dollar organization has simply benefited from the differences between the debt-based U.S. dollar and a value-based currency. Um, sure. Not, not, von Nathas concludes. They're there's, giving people what they want. There's absolutely no violation of U.S. laws. Right. So the U.S. law says that you have to accept Federal Reserve notes for payments of debt, but it doesn't say you can't accept other things. If I want to trade you an hour of my time to mow your lawn in mm-hmm. exchange for dinner, sure. what's wrong with that? Right. No problem with it, from what I can tell. Exactly right. So that's what they're asking the go- the government to do, because the U.S. Mint, uh, I don't know, what was it, six months ago or yeah, so? Yeah, posturing. U.S. Mint, uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, started this hit campaign mm-hmm. against the Liberty Dollar, which, of course, backfired against them. They had uh, USA Today covered the story. The, uh, they sent out all these press releases, essentially saying, alert, alert, uh, don't accept this currency, the people trying to scam you, blah, 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 which, of course, the Liberty Dollar isn't trying to pretend as though it's... The U.S. dollar, they're not even coming close to that. Uh, and it's obvious, if you look at the two, that they, they don't look anything alike. Um, but anyway, so they were trying to scare people, and so they got a bunch of news coverage as a result of it, which just, I mean, yes, it was negative coverage, negative publicity for the Liberty dollar. 
However, publicity is publicity, and take it when you can get it. Their their orders, I believe, went up tenfold that week because people said, oh, neat, <laughs> I want some. And they stepped up and they bought some, which I think is fantastic. And if you want to learn more about the Liberty Dollar, you can uh, do it through our website at dollar.freetalklive.com because I happen to be a Liberty associate. That's dollar.freetalklive.com. There's just a little more here. Um, yeah. Von Nathas points out that the government forced the lawsuit upon itself. We had um, to sue the U.S. Mint because this unfair, illegal warning was killing the Liberty Dollar and the ideals it represents. We're a relatively small group that can't afford to be smeared by the umpteen billion U.S. dollars of the federal government. It has seriously impacted our business. Well, you remember after um, – first of all, there was the press release in the USA Today article, but then after that – all of a sudden, mysteriously, the Liberty Dollars Bank just decided, yeah, we're closing your account. There wasn't any uh, sort of issue. No reason for it. There, there, yeah, there was no legitimate reason, no customer complaint or anything like that. Just all, all of a sudden, uh, sorry, closing your account. And then also, at the same time, virtually, all of a sudden, their toll-free number became unavailable. And, you know, you just have to ask yourself, is somebody pulling some strings? Sure they are. Somebody at the Federal Reserve, somebody at the U.S. Mint doesn't like the Liberty Dollar. They don't, they don't like the competition, and they're trying to do everything they can outside of the you know, existing laws. They're trying to use scare tactics and that sort of thing to shut these people down. And that's pretty despicable, if you ask me. It's typical of government, though. I... That's all they know. know. All they know is force. All they know is thuggery. And it's more, it's just another example. They of it. cannot compete with the competition, clearly. I mean, they're, the Liberty Dollar is offering something much better than the Federal Reserve's note. They're mm -hmm. offering something that's backed by real metal, real gold, real silver. And what's the Federal Reserve note backed by? Nothing. Promises. Now, I, I hope for the day that the, uh, the Liberty Dollar is put out of business. By because, competition. By competition, because I want um, a silver coin to be worth whatever silver's worth, right. and mm -hmm. people to accept it for that value. The Liberty Dollars, eh, slightly more, um, but, you know. Well, you have the, to you have to remember. They have to build in profit. Wait, there's there's costs to sure minting there is. these things. Sure, there is. I mean, you can't just get Liberty Dollars at cost of no. silver. Uh, you've got to increase. You know, you've got the minting cost and the promotional cost mm -hmm. and the 800 line Absolutely. and the website and all of the other costs of running a business. But yeah, I agree with you. Competition, of course, will make every everything better. Mm -hmm. I mean, Liberty Dollar may very well rise to the competition and stay alive for a long time. Who knows? Could very well. And there is a competitor out there. Uh, Von Nathaus hopes to fi uh, hope uh, finds hope in the faiths of other companies who withstood attacks from the federal government and won. Like. Just like FedEx, I expect the Liberty Dollar to win this suit, reestablish sound money, and have the U.S. government as its biggest customer. You know, if they lose the suit, would that essentially um, verify the U.S. Mint's claims that this is indeed an outlaw currency? I don't know. If so, wouldn't that, uh, wouldn't that skyrocket the value of the Liberty Dollars? You're essentially in possession of what is uh, a banned uh, piece? Now it's black market material. Right. So either way, the people holding Liberty Dollars are going to win on this. So buy your Liberty Dollars now at dollar.freetalklive.com. <laughs> now we don't make a. By the way, I don't make a. I don't make a percentage on if you go to dollar.freetalklive.com and buy something there. I don't make a percentage. The only way that uh, they send me money is if you sign up as an associate. So if you decide that you want to get the the money at a discount, which is one of the things that's kind of neat about the Liberty Dollar, and it's that you can sign up as an associate and get the money discounted off its face rate. 
So if you're getting a $20 silver piece, you might get it at, I'm just pulling a number, $17.50. That way you can spend it into circulation and actually so-called profit off of spending the money. And if you think that's despicable or something's wrong with that, you really need to learn how the money system works. Because you have to give people an incentive to distribute a certain type of currency. So that's their incentive. And it's no different from the incentive the Federal Reserve gives banks. Banks, for instance, they get a much bigger percentage. Uh, yeah. The high-level banks are, are buying Federal Reserve notes at pennies on the dollar and then selling them out to other banks or to you, loaning them out at full price plus interest. It costs them three cents to make a $100 bill. Yeah. Mm. And then they get that bill at a, at a fraction of course, it costs of them three cents to make a $1 bill, too. Very true. That's yeah. true. Uh, and, of course, it costs them money to make the three cents, but they don't have to pay for any of it because <laughs> they can make the money to pay for making the money. It's a messed up situation. It's been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. We will return tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Join us there. Lots of stuff to talk about online at freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow night. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com.